Hello, and welcome to Gamer Goys Gaming Podcast. It is I, Marcos Riggs. This episode of Gamer Goys will be a bit different than the former episode. It's just me, myself, and I with today's recording, and instead of focusing on a singular topic like the PS5 reveal event, we're going to be talking about an array of topics. I've come up with a curated list of news that came out this past week that I felt was interesting to me personally, and with all of that interest stuff out of the way, let's just get into it, shall we? So, yay, Play Live happened. That was a thing. I thought it was digestible. It wasn't ideal. Far from it, to be honest, but it was something that distracted me for a little bit. So, they started with some Apex Legends updates, right? They announced a limited time mode, which is a snipers and shotties only sort of mode. But this thing with Apex Legends that I really dislike about their modes is that they cycle between these modes that are limited time only, which kind of frustrate me because normally when I play Apex is usually just trios or doubles now. And I remember times when they had third person mode, which is really cool. They had solo mode which I would play Apex more if they had those options available every single time I played the game, you know? And so with this evolved mode, snipers and shotties only, I'm intrigued by it, but it's limited time only. And I would just dive into it more and more if I knew for sure that it was going to be there forever, you know? Besides that, I like Apex. The gameplay and the kinetic action and just the tactile feeling of the first person mechanics is really similar to titanfall 2 which i was a really big fan of that's why i'm sort of a fan of apex but besides that they announced that apex is coming to steam and switch this fall with crossplay which is really cool because crossplay just allows for everyone to you know link up no matter what system you're playing on and especially bringing it to switch and steam I have a few questions about that, though, because PC definitely allows for more of a more of an accuracy to these first person shooters, more of a fast paced availability to it. And Switch is probably lacking in that. So I'm kind of excited to not excited. I'm kind of looking forward to see how that's balanced out. But with crossplay, it's that's a that's another thing that's. That was big in the EA Play Live event. Going off of Apex, the next announcement that they had was Sims 4 is coming to Steam. I'm not really a Sims kind of guy. It's not my cup of tea. But uh, yeah, Sims 4 is on Steam. So go and get that if that's your thing. They also mentioned that Titanfall 2, A Way Out, Dead Space 3, and Command & Conquer Remastered is coming to Steam as well. Which was really weird. Suddenly they care about Titanfall 2 now which they didn't when they launched it. A Way Out makes sense because it was the most recent game, I guess, out of that sort of games. Dead Space 3 is a weird one too. I've jumped into Dead Space 1, but haven't played Dead Space 2 or 3. But from what I've heard of the series, I'm pretty sure that the first one is the most regarded as the best. But that's also subjective, so it doesn't really matter. But I just don't understand why they consistently want to push out Dead Space 3 instead of 1 and 2 as well, you know? And Command and & Conquer, I don't really have nothing to say about that. I've never actually played an RTS game, which is a big blind spot in my gaming history, so I might want to jump into that at some point. Yeah, so out of all those Steam announcements, they followed that up with the EA Originals, which was kind of a highlight of the show. 
So they started out with Haze Light with uh, writer and director Joseph Ferris, the dude that said fuck the Oscars at the Game Awards. I like that dude a lot. He's really passionate and he's really, I don't know, he's just blunt. Now he revealed Haze Light's newest game, It Takes Two. Didn't really show a lot of it. Showed some some screenshots of the environments and a little bit of snippets of gameplay. Uh, I'm excited for whatever Joseph Ferris and, and the team at Haze Light has to do. I've never played Brothers, I've never played A Way Out, but I definitely need to jump into those at some point. And I'm excited for It Takes Two, but I don't think it was really a strong showing of that game. I wish they would wait for it to have a little bit of more substance, you know, show at least a gameplay trailer. But moving on from that, the next EA Originals that they showed was Lost in Random from Zoink Games. Uh, Zoink Games made that game called Faye, Flipping Death not really aware of their catalog i wasn't i never jumped into any of their games but lost and random looked pretty cool it was like tim burton-esque the character designs were really unique and spongy and like claymation-y and looked really nice i like the vibe of it the world looks cool it looks dark and playful i know those two adjectives are kind of conflicting with each other but they had a nice showcasing I'm excited to see more of that game when it comes out. I'm not sure if they had a release date or anything with that, but indies are tough to stand by a firm release date since it's the nature of game development is so difficult. You know, you don't, you never know what's going to come. Anything could happen with game development, and I'm not sure if they had a release date, but we'll see. The final EA original game that they announced in this EA Play Live event was Rocket Arena from Final Strike Games. I don't think they've released a game yet, but this is their first, I guess. It was a 3v3 competitive third-person shooter with uh, lots of evasive moves, they said, with rockets, too. Wasn't really passionate about this one. Sort of looked like Fortnite with the art style aesthetic. These type of games aren't really my cup of tea. I mean, I like some competitive multiplayer games, but I don't know just wasn't doing it for me the next title that they announced and the one that they focused on the most justifiably and that would be star wars squadrons by ea motive so with squadrons it will be crossplay. they'll have single player and multiplayer modes it's first person you're like in a cockpit with different types of ship classes different multiplayer modes and it's coming out october 2nd the game looked really impressive the Visuals were strikingly gorgeous. The gameplay looked pretty innovative for like a multiplayer dogfighting type of Star Wars game. Like I've never seen something like this. The gameplay just impressed me. The mobility of the ships, the different type of classes. It all seemed like it was going to turn out as a good game. I'm excited to see the release and see the fanfare. And yeah. So then they announced some sports titles. They didn't really announce them. They just had a highlight reel of like madden and fever snippets and like yeah next year's sports games let's go ea i'm never really a sim type of guy when it comes to sports games i'm more of a i'm more looking for a game that's akin to arcadey you know over the top just overzealous type of fun when it comes to sports games and ea does the opposite of that so i wasn't really a fan and so the next type of highlight reel announcements that they were talking about were next-gen titles that each studio is working on. They mentioned Criterion. They just showed a bunch of 
pretty nice looking car spectacles with the next gen capability. And then they went into Bioware with a bit of Dragon Age looking models and environments. But each each snippet was like 10 seconds, didn't really show much. The next development team that they mentioned was DICE. They showed Battlefield, the next evolution of that, next gen stuff. And then they went into another modded game that just pre, pre-alpha, pre pre-beta like gameplay and development that was pretty uncalled for, to be honest. I wasn't really looking for this. And so I have the problem with these highlight reels with, like, if you have nothing to show, if you have nothing to say, why say it? This didn't need to be here, you know? I was just pretty off-put by all of that. That goes into the last uh, announcement that they had to share with EA Play Live and was a new skate, which on paper seems really cool and people have been asking for this for a while and the developers mentioned that. They basically said, new skate's coming. Thank you for putting this out there. We're doing this because of you guys. Pretty cool surprise, but I wish they kept this under their sleeve until they had like a gameplay reveal to show, you know? And so that was EA Play Live. Pretty disappointing when I uh, when I recap that. Um, I'm excited about Apex coming to Switch and Steam and crossplay and all that. The EA originals looked pretty cool. The one I'm most excited for is Lost in Random. And yeah, Star Wars Squadrons. That was a pretty good showcasing of that game. And a lot of people uh, are looking forward to it, including me. But other than that, it was kind of not disappointing because I don't really expect anything from EA nowadays. But... It was just underwhelming, you know? Number two on the news list today is a bit of a small peek into the future of Sony's UI. So we didn't really get to see much of it or any of it with the PS5 reveal event. And the UI is something that I really cherish for some reason. You know, whenever you power up your console, that's the first thing you're going to see is the UI. And so I feel like it's a very important thing to execute well on i think it's very important to just have a stable structure for the system and i feel like ps4 does that really well i really like the ps4 ui i like the switch ui too i'm not really a fan of xbox ui i get lost in the menus and all that but going back to the ps5 ui playstation vice president of ux design matt mclaren answered some questions about the ps5 on linkedin and they're since deleted so McLaren goes on to say that it's a whole complete re-architecture in the user interface. It's more subtle than flashy and no pixel is untouched. And I feel that going back to my sentiment with PS4 UI, I feel like there wasn't really much that you could improve on, in my opinion. But I'm not a UX VP, so I trust them more than I trust myself, you know, that kind of stuff. I feel like just the stability of the UI, you know, make it more fast, make it more, uh, make it like stable, you know, I don't want it crashing on me all the time, which PS4 does from time to time. And I'm actually intrigued about the changes for the PS5 UI. Yeah, it's going to be a fun thing to jump into day one, or not day one, but whenever I get the PS5. The third piece of news we have today is a bite-sized chunk. We got Nintendo's Jump Rope Challenge. It's a new sort of exercise app for the switch it could be downloaded for free on the eShop, and it was created by a few nintendo developers who were working from home you know in the corona lockdown and wanted to add some quick and fun physical movement into 
people's everyday lives, which is a, it's a pretty cool thing to address, you know, in these times of staying inside, not being able to go to gyms and for Nintendo to put something out for, you know, kids and adults of any, for anyone who's owning a Switch, you know, I haven't jumped into the Nintendo Jump Rope Challenge. It looks like a, some cute bunnies just jumping digitally while you're manually doing it in real life. And so you hold a Joy-Con, right? You go with the motions, but unfortunately it's restricted from Switch Lite, which is a shame, but it makes sense because you have to use the Joy-Con and, you know, go with the motions of actually doing a jump rope. So yeah, that's kind of a bummer, but I mean, it's better to have this than nothing, you know? The next piece of news, number four is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart's mysterious female Lombax that we saw in the PS5 reveal event is actually playable. This was confirmed via Twitter by Insomniac Games, stating, play as Ratchet and a mysterious new female Lombax from another dimension. So I'm excited and intrigued to see if there's any gameplay differentials with Ratchet and that female. And I'm curious to see how she correlates with the story and how she, I don't know, how she acts, like what's her persona. I'm hoping that she's not just a skin for Ratchet, you know? You see in the trailer that she's holding a big hammer, which differs from Ratchet's wrench that he throws. But uh, yeah, I just hope that she's different gameplay-wise, and I'm excited to know how she gets sewn into the story somehow. The next piece of news, number five, is the Pokemon Presents event that they had this week. So this event kind of confused me. I mean, not really. This event was kind of a missable one for me, but I'm sure that plenty of people enjoyed what they had to offer. Um, Pokemon is a series that I fell in love with at a really young age and sort of drifted away from it as I grew older. And I feel like the fact that the game consistently gets easier and easier as the games go on. I haven't played a new Pokemon game since Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. You know, I missed a, f- I missed a few games in between, you know. My first one is Emerald. And then I went to XC Gillip Darkness. I don't know. My Pokemon history is weird, but I just drifted away from that series. But it will always have a soft spot in my heart. So going back to the Pokemon Presents event, they started off with Pokemon Smile. It's an app that uh, helps little kids brush their teeth with like filters that let the kids like pretend that they're a Pokemon of some sort. And if they brush their teeth well, they'll be able to catch a Pokemon on the app. It's free to download like. I'm definitely going to show this to my little bro. I don't know. It's just hard for kids to find an incentive for brushing their teeth because they're ignorant. You know, kids are dumb. Kids are stupid. And they don't know the the end result of poor dental hygiene. And Pokemon Smile could help with that, which is a pretty cool thing. The next game that they announced in the Pokemon Presents event was Pokemon Cafe Mix. It's a puzzle game on Switch and mobile. This wasn't really my cup of tea. I like puzzle games, but not this one in particular. The gameplay looked kind of weird. I'm not, I don't know. This one just looked weird to me. I don't have much to say on it. The next game they announced was very shocking, very surprising. And people asked for this game for a while. And it's about time that they made one, you know? And that would be new Pokemon Snap. The game looks pretty. The thing about this game in particular is that I'm not, I don't really understand the appeal for this game. I wasn't born when Pokemon Snap released. I was born in 2000. I mean, if I was a little kid, I'm sure I would love Pokemon Snap and adore it. 
it's the same gameplay as the original Pokemon Snap, just taking pictures of Pokemon while they're doing their thing in a pretty environment. And so I'm happy that people who were looking forward to this got excited, you know, and are looking forward to the release. Some other updates were the Pokemon Go Mega Evolutions. I'm not really a Pokemon Go guy. If you if that's your type of thing, go get it. Uh, they also showed Pokemon Sword Expansion Part 1, Isle of Armor, out now. We'll get that as well. Pokemon Sword. I've yet to play it, but I was intrigued when it came out, but I just never got to it. I'm probably going to jump into the next Pokemon game that they, uh, that they release. Like a big next installment. And uh, with that, they announced another Pokemon Presents event for June 24th, which is in two days of recording this. So... I'm not sure what they're going to announce there. Maybe what I was talking about previously about the next installment in the Pokemon series, but let's find out. The next piece of news is very near and dear to my heart. It was the sixth character that they revealed in Smash Ultimate. We got Min Min from ARMS. Now with this announcement, we knew that it was going to be an ARMS character, but we just didn't know who it was going to be from the game. And so we got Min Min. And I was, I jumped into ARMS when it came out, but, uh... I don't know. I never really got into it. I liked it, but I just didn't have anyone else to play with that really wanted to, you know? I'm not really sure who I wanted in Smash, but seeing Min Min, I was like, damn, I love these fighter reveal trailers simply for the fact that Sakurai gets to like, be his weird, quirky self and have these little soliloquies inside these trailers. And it's just so funny to see uh, the developer of Smash just be a little weird and fun. So we got to see in-depth gameplay about how Min Min plays. She got a she got a weird playstyle for sure. She's very different than any other character we've seen in Smash. Like in Arms, she uh, Min Min has two different arms that got range. They're very versatile. Um, she's able to change each arm's end with three different types of arms. We got the dragon arm that shoots out a laser. We got like a disc type arm, and then we got a heavy type arm. They each have their own capabilities, strengths, and weaknesses, which add a whole another layer to like that character. She also has different nares, depending on which arm you're hitting with. Her arms have different buttons as inputs. Like once you press A, I think it's the left arm. Once you press B, it's the right arm. It's a really different type of gameplay style from any other fighter in Smash. And I'm really looking forward to see competitive Min Min. That's going to be very exciting. We also got Spring Stadium. It's the arms stage. There's jumping platforms on either side of the stage that enhance the jump. Whenever you jump on the platforms, they like it's like a super jump kinda. When any opponent gets in the way of that jump and the super jump off that platform, it it could damage them too. There's also ceiling arches on the top of the screen that uh, bounce opponents off of them. Yeah, it just seemed like a pretty cool stage. It seemed like a legit ballad arms uh, stage. I don't. It's definitely not going to be a competitive stage with the, you know, the jumping platforms and the arches and all that, but just seemed like pretty cool fun. The next piece of news really excites me. We got Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time, but it, it really is about time. You know, I've never been a real Crash Bandicoot fan. I respect those who enjoy the series. I recently got the Insane Trilogy and I definitely want to get Nitro Field Racing. I love kart racers. I love platformers too. I just never gave Crash a chance. Besides that trilogy of games from the PS1, 
I know there's definitely some controversial titles in the PS2 and era. As a kid, I played one of them. I forgot what it was. I think it's Wrath of Cortex, but I just remember being mesmerized because I was so young. I was like four or five. I was playing uh, maybe Wrath of Cortex. I'm not sure, but I was just mesmerized about like how I was playing this game that looked different from any other game that I ever played before. And the protagonist was so weird and quirky and fun, and I had dreams about him for days, but I just never got back into it. And so growing up, I want to give Crash a shot. And so with Crash 4 got announced and it looks really good. So there's different masks that give Crash new powers. There was a power that lets Crash magnetize to like the ceiling or the, the floor. And there is one that slowed down the environment and got gave like Crash and Coco an opportunity to jump through some platforming, you know. But uh, yeah, the game looks good. The visuals look beautiful. Toys for Bob is making this game, which uh, developed Spiral Reignited Trilogy. I just recently got into that trilogy for the first time and was blown away by the visuals. Not so much by the gameplay and all that, but we'll say that for another time. But Toys for Bob's making this one. I'm excited to see what they got for Crash. There was different types of gameplay mechanics that was shown in the trailer. Um, there was a bit of wall running. There was the infamous running towards the camera scene. Uh, Crash was being chased by a dinosaur of some sort. We got to see Cortex gameplay. I think Coco and Crash are like throughout the whole game. They're playable characters. Um, it's coming out October 9th, which is pretty soon. I like this announcement because it got leaked a few days ago. Got revealed now. We get to see what it's really about. And it's going to come out in a few months, you know? I don't know. I was just impressed with how it looked. Vicarious Visions, the people who made Insane Trilogy, are developing a the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 remake, so they didn't really make their next Crash, but I'm excited to see what Toys for Bob has for Crash. The next bit of news we got is Ghost of Tsushima Goes Gold. Congratulations to the people at Sucker Punch, you know. I'm a huge fan of Sly Cooper. I've got into a bit of the infamous series, you know, Second Son and First Light, and I had a blast with those two games. I want to go back to 1 and 2, but I never got the chance to. And uh, Ghost of Tsushima looks like a big departure for them. I was really impressed with the state of play that they that they had to show with this game. And I'm just looking forward to the July 17th release date. And so congratulations to Zucker Bunch. And I hope the game's good. You know, we'll find out on Ju- July 17th. Wrapping up with the last bit of news. We got Facebook acquiring the Order 1886 developer Ready at Dawn. So Ready at Dawn is a team that Worked on Order 1886, obviously. They also worked on VR game Lone Echo. It was highly regarded in that platform. And VR doesn't really have, or didn't, I should say, didn't have a ton of standout titles. Seen as how it's a very infant form of technology and gameplay as a whole for games. And so Facebook owns Oculus and they acquired Ready at Dawn to be on their Oculus team. The Lone Equal sequel that they were developing will continue to be in development. That will come out on Oculus, I guess. And as more and more things get bought up by Facebook, I have less and less faith in humanity as a whole. I mean, I think it's good for Ready at Dawn because Facebook definitely has a lot of money and they can for sure secure the people at Ready at Dawn because VR is definitely a niche audience and I definitely want them to keep making games. I was a fan of The Order 1886. I know Sony has that IP 
Uh, actually, I'm not really sure. I hope Ready at Dawn doesn't have it because I want a sequel to that game. But yeah, VR doesn't have a huge audience. And so if Facebook can secure Ready at Dawn with money to develop more games and secure their development staff with a stable income, then that's good for everyone, you know? So keep doing what you're doing, Ready at Dawn. And Facebook, be nice and let them develop what they want to. And so with that, that about wraps up the news recap for this week. This has been Gamer Goys, the gaming podcast. Peace.